freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 108 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are also a proud member, this show is, of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Um, You know, I started, in the last segment, I started talking about the Self-Defense Radio Network, and I even interrupted myself. I don't just interrupt you, Dan. I interrupt myself. That's that's talent right there. (laughs) I'm not even going to comment because I'm afraid I'll get interrupted again. You might get interrupted. Try again. Is John here? John is here, but I got to I've got to give him a lead in. Well, give I, him a lead in, or gotta, I'm going to do it. You gotta, talk. <laughs> I got to set it up. Okay. So our theme today is we are talking about civility wars of free thinking. Who remembers junior high school? There were all these different groups and cliques, and these groups had rules, which were that if you were part of one group, you did not play with any other kids from any other group which sounds an awful lot like what happened this week when music artist Kanye West stepped out of the box others had tried to place him in he dared to say something nice about President Trump this is his crime he said something nice to one of the kids in another group someone dared to think differently think for themselves and half the nation lost their minds about it You know, if this isn't a wake-up call to help us realize how mindlessly we're following in lockstep with what? Like with who? Who's setting up these rules for what we're allowed to think and what we're allowed to say? Well, those of us who seek to protect and preserve our Second Amendment rights are way too familiar with this routine of shaming. What was merely disapproving looks just a few short years ago are now being puppeteered into marches. What are marches today will escalate into legal force tomorrow. And all driven by the silencing and unwritten rules that will ensure that there are very large prices to pay in the downward spiral of the civility wars of thinking. And with that, I do want to introduce our first guest for this hour, Dr. John Adeen. He's a member of the DRGO, Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, here to discuss the findings that the CDC, you know, the Center for Disease Control, they ignored findings that every year a quarter of a million people save lives by being responsibly armed citizens. Are you still with us, Dr. Adeen, or have you nodded off? No, I'm here. In fact, it's not a quarter of a million people. It's 2.4 million people. 2.4 million people. Oh, my gosh. Right. And and what this is all about is uh, Gary Kleck uh, is a uh, criminologist. And he and Mark uh, Gertz back in 1995 wrote uh, a paper, it's called Armed Resistance to Crime, The Prevalence and Nature of Self-Defense with a Gun. 
And in this, he did a survey of uh, a fair number of people. I think it was close to, I think it was 3,000 people or just short of 3,000 people. And, and asking all the questions, he came up with 2.1 to 2.5 million defensive gun uses a year. And this was, the study was actually done in 1993, and he published it in 1995. Now, interestingly, he was looking through some of the CDC's uh, questionnaires recently and came upon not one, not two, but three separate studies that the CDC did uh, in 1996, 1997, and 1998, which confirmed his findings. Mm-hmm. So that should be a good thing, we, right? So yeah, have we agree. Have we heard anything about it? Yeah, no, Mm-mm. no, not so much. No silence, crickets. John, Why? but how? Two point four million people. How come they're not heard? How come they're not heard? Because most of the time they don't pull the trigger, and a lot of times it's not reported. And it's you know, you know what they say: if it bleeds, it leads. Mm. So the only time that we that we we hear anything about it is when somebody gets shot. Right. And most of the time, like 80% of the time, the, the, the gun is never fired. And so you know, it's kept quiet. Plus, there's a bias in the, in the mainstream media where they don't, you know, unless it's uh, something that they can use to further the, you know, the gun restriction agenda, you don't hear much about it. You know, we hear about, you know, the, uh, you know, the shooting down in Parkland with all the people killed, but you didn't hear much about the, 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 where the um, deputy sheriff shot the guy after two people were shot in the school uh, right around that same time. Mm-hmm. You heard crickets there mm-hmm. because, you know, the gun was used successfully to stop to stop the murders, and it wasn't a mass shooting. It was only two people getting shot. So, you know, that's the thing. When there's somebody with a gun there at the time, the, the, you know, the number of people injured and killed are dramatically cut. When you have to wait for the police to show up, it's, you know, 12, 15, 17, 20, 30 people injured or killed, mm. depending on the time. It's all a matter of time. And, and uh, we've talked about this at length on, on previous interviews about that time is the essence and that unless there's somebody with a gun there um, that can stop it, uh, the, the number of, of uh, you know, killed and wounded are dramatically higher. I don't know why people don't want to hear about stories where people have saved lives. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, everybody well, we loves do hear it all the time. We, we see it in the NRA's uh, monthly magazine. You know, there's that page of all the, right. all the defensive gun uses. You know, um, our, our friend Rob Morse does a, does a show every week with three defensive gun uses on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and his uh, in Polite Society podcast, they do, de- you know, defensive gun uses. Mm-hmm. They're out there. They're out there all but the time. We have time. to look for them, though, whereas we hear all the other stories. It's constant, constant, constant. They're feeding us baloney. But that's right. Well, and that's because it doesn't meet the agenda. And so, you know, the, the, the people who are against Second Amendment rights, they are united, and they have the, they have the microphone. It's it's you know it shows like yours and some of the other podcasts out there, which have a relatively small audience compared to the major networks, and they're pushing the agenda. You know, don't forget that, and the politicians are right there in with it, and so you know we're we're fighting this, you know, and, and like organized medicine is the same way, you know this is this goes right along with organized medicine, 
you know, you know, back in the 90s, you know, we got the CDC defunded from from doing this advocacy research. And I use quotes for advocacy research because it's not really research. It was let's let's, you know, uh, come up with a way of of uh, demonstrating our point, even if we have to fudge the data by, uh, you know, selecting out certain groups and, and different times. Um, you know, so you, you, you find the, the three worst years instead of using the whole 10 that you have is the data on, you select three years, which proves your point. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you looked at the whole 10 years, wait a second, you get an opposite conclusion. And that's the kind of stuff that, that the CDC was doing back in the 90s. And that's what, you know, Dr. Timothy Wheeler and Dr. Miguel Faria um, testified to Congress about in order to get the CDC uh, defunded for doing that type of advocacy research. Now, obviously, the CDC was doing research because, you know, this was 96, 97, 98, and that funding was in 96. So they, they uh, you know, this was all part of the CDC's funding, but they, they kept the results quiet because it um, it backed up what, what Kleck and Gertz said in their 1995 study. So. And, and they used something called the National Crime Victimization Survey, which says that there were only 68,000 defensive gun uses. But the difference in those two studies is that the, the, the National Crime Victimization Survey is done as part of the Census Bureau with a guy face-to-face with an uh, ID card with a badge. And he starts asking you about, about uh, you know, these types of things and people are not going to talk about their gun uses because they're afraid that the, you know, here's the government guy. He's going to, he's going to, you know, report you for using your gun somewhere where maybe if it was outside the house, um, you know, and maybe you didn't have a concealed license or, you know, if you were in New Jersey, you you can't get a concealed license, you know, that the the cops would be coming there and arrest the guy. So they're going to under report by quite a bit, you know, and, um, and the other thing is they weren't even asked about defensive gun uses unless they stated they were a victim of a crime. Hmm. Well, if I pull my gun out, some guy's trying to rob me, and, and he sees the gun and runs away, am I the victim of a crime at that point? Maybe not. Most people wouldn't consider themselves a victim of a crime. They stopped the crime. So, again, you know, so it would fail to, you know, to catch you know, one in 12 of domestic assaults and probably one in 33 of sexual assaults. And, you know, people were concerned about they're put in legal jeopardy. So this is way underreported. And uh, so, again, this shows, you know, the bias. They'd rather have this stand, this type of data stand, than to confirm, you know, Gary Kleck's, you know, 2.1 to 2.5 million defensive gun uses. Well, you know, if it'd be one thing. If the CDC was like, you know, I'm just not sure I want to trust this Kleck guy. Maybe his methodology was off, whatever. But they did their own study and came up with the exact same information that Kleck did and then willfully chose to suppress that information. How can we believe anything that comes out of the CDC after knowing this? What's the downside for them? Exactly nothing because they're not a private business that has to actually perform and get results. And... You know, moving forward, we're hearing people say, oh, you know, people are trying to politicize and and keep the CDC from having funding because of political reasons. Yeah, because they politicized by trying to come up with their own results. Right. It's opposite day. They accuse you of what they're doing. 
yes. and they do it all the time. It's interesting because Mark Rosenberg, who was the director of the CDC's National Center for Injury Control and Prevention in 1994, said, we need to revolutionize the way we look at guns as dirty, deadly, and banned. And he remained at the CDC for another nine years, wow. which may be a reason why this revelation is there. <laughs> okay? We call that and a clue. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And we got people at the CDC with quotes like this all the time. Uh, I want to point folks to uh, an article that was written by um, Dr. Robert Young, who is our editor, mm-hmm. uh, on our drgo.us website from April 24th. And it's called Case Closed, Cleck Was Correct. And I, and I suggest your uh, listeners uh, go ahead and take a look at that and read it. I think there's a lot of good information. There's links to uh, Gary Cleck's original article. And uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that I think most of us need to know about organized medicine and, and, and their biases uh, so that we can, uh, we can be educated as to what's going on on the medical side of, of the house and, and the public health side of the house. You know, they want to treat, you know, gun violence as a public health issue when it's really a crime issue mm-hmm. and it's, it's a social issue. Uh, and so, you know, this is the, the kind of bias that they want to throw in to, um, you know, to uh, sway the populace into thinking that guns are indeed a public health issue, and it is not. That's so true. And, you know, I'm so thankful that we know you and that we've become friends and that I know about the, the organization you belong to, Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, drgo.com. U.S. because without knowing you and without hearing your voice doing interviews all over the country the way that you do, we might be led to believe that all doctors hate, you know, self-defense tools, hate firearms, and, you know, all they want to talk about is the wounds that they cause to good people instead of being able to see both sides of it and say, yeah, well, sometimes those wounds are on bad guys that were going to wound others. Right. Just think about how much money and and resources and pain and suffering has been saved by those 2.5 million defensive gun uses every year. Think of the cost if those people had been disarmed and had been uh, victimized by criminals with with no worries that they're going to be shot or be caught, um, you know, or they have to go through the revolving door justice system. Big deal. You know, the, the criminals are more afraid of an armed uh, civilian, you know, victim because they know that they are, their life is truly at risk. Even with police, they're not as afraid because police have you know, certain protocols they have to go through and they, they just can't shoot you. Well, if you break <laughs> into somebody's house, right? guess what? Yeah. The citizen inside the house could just shoot you, okay, because you've, you've broken the sanctity of a home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's considered a deadly threat. Yeah. So. Absolutely. John, I just don't understand why, you know, just because this one guy who has power decides that he doesn't like guns, how he can get away with actually falsifying reports and lying and and be able to survive. How how do they do that? Well, well, you know, it's 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 a it's a. lie of omission rather than one of commission Mm -hmm. and so they can you know i mean it's like anything else you know if if you think you can get away with it you're going to get away with it and and frankly they use taxpayer money to do this we have the right to know this data yeah this is taxpayer funded uh research that we should have access to 
and thank goodness Gary Kleck was was looking through the old studies and 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 you know for a uh, for the questionnaires and found this data. Otherwise, it still would be buried, and we still mm-hmm. wouldn't know about it. Well, there's probably even more. You know, if they can, if they feel confident enough, not only. Gary Kleck, but also the CDC, confident enough that they were able to write down the number 2.4 million. And actually, we do quote that in our Responsible Armed Citizen Report every every week. And I didn't realize who I was quoting. So now I'm, I'm happy that I've learned something there. But if they're able to, to feel confident enough to report that, imagine how many times it happens that lives are saved that nobody ever really even knows. Just like you know, if you have, like here in Arizona, we've had some schools put up signs since the, the Parkland shooting. They've put up signs saying, our staff is armed. How many lives does that sign save? Because yeah. the bad guy will just keep walking and look for a, a softer target, something where bullets probably aren't coming back in his direction. Right. right. And I've been talking about that at hospitals, too, you know, that, that we should not be making hospitals gun-free zones because for the same reason. You know, schools, hospitals, they're all posted. A lot, most of them are posted as gun-free zones. John, how is that going? Are you, are you gaining track on that? No, it's the same thing. You know, it's the, it's the corporate, you know, deal, overcoming the corporate uh, biases. And, and frankly, as I've said before, uh, it's going to take a, a massacre in a, in a, in a hospital in order for them to get their heads out of their nether regions. I, I don't agree that that would work. I, I don't think that's going to help because they they don't have common sense when it comes to defending yourselves. Well, and it yeah, but when they have the billion-dollar lawsuit, yeah. because hospitals are deep pockets, they're yeah, big corporations. Right. So when they get a billion-dollar lawsuit, yeah. then they're going to start to see the light. You know, it, it, you don't see the light until you feel the heat. Yeah. Well, a billion dollars to a, a, a corporation is not small change. It's, and that's what it's going that's what it's going to take in order for the attorneys to say, well, maybe we should do something different. Cuz right now the signs are good enough and guys with tasers are good enough except uh, for maybe yeah. in some of the big city hospitals where they have truly armed security or police officers I, as security. I think they'll just b- build bigger gates and and higher security gates and more security people. I don't think they're we're ever going to be able to deliver that message that a responsible citizen can save lives. I, I just yeah. can't see it. Well, we know that, uh, you know, the, the quicker somebody with a gun shows up, the, the quicker these things end. It's true. And the less number of people are, are injured and or killed. Um, it's, you know, uh, Dr. Dietz out at uh, uh, Purdue did that computer analysis of schools where he demonstrated yes. that over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, the, the data that we keep seeing just confirms that over and over and over. You know, and so and most- until we... Most common sense, if you can call it common sense, thieves or criminals, they um, they do have enough sense to know I'm going to go to a gun free zone because I'm safer there. And so if if we just had all, uh, hey, there may be a gun here type situation, they're going to go to the weakest one to to if they still are desperate and need to do something. They're going to go to the weakest place so that they know that they can survive this. They're not going to come to my house where I have AZ Firearms truck with uh, signs all over it and and do a home invasion on my house. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. If they do, uh, something's going to happen. It's not going to just they're just not <laughs> going to walk ad- out. It's not advisable. Let's right. just say it's and, not advisable. And so they're going to go to Leave the house that. that they're going to go to a house that maybe might have um, 
I don't know, maybe Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign poster <laughs> on the front door. I don't know. It's just that. <laughs> that could be a know. clue. Yeah, that it'd be. Well, I just want to say real quick, when you talk about if there was, uh, well, and there have been, um, and there will be again, attacks on hospitals. Um, and somebody, you know, goes after them with a billion dollar lawsuit. I think it is going to take that. But before that even gets any traction, we're going to have the redirect like just happened in Parkland where all of a sudden, how is the NRA the bad guy in that situation? They are not in any way, shape or form. But you ask the average Joe walking down the street and they're going to say, yeah, that NRA, they caused that school shooting. Or the AR-15. Right. It's just yeah, of, of course, yeah, the, the, all those guns do that all by themselves without anybody pressing the trigger behind. Hey, John, you have an AR-15, I, I, I know. And uh, has that ever done anything bad or does it ever wake up in the no. middle of the night? And... <laughs> Most of the time it sits in the gun safe and just is quietly there waiting for me to take it out, to take it to the range. It's very well behaved. And maybe to shoot a deer with it. It's very well behaved. Yeah, but you're not supposed to, you're, you can't go hunting with them, don't you know? I've heard that on the news a million times. But anyway, before we run out of time, I want to not only uh, direct people again to the website, Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, the DRGO, but also, you know, we keep talking about all the politics involved with um, the medical phys- uh, community. And if I, somebody like me, you know, I really don't want to risk going to a new doctor and sit there in a very vulnerable situation where I've got my little paper gown on and start feeling the pressure from the doctor about, you know, well, whether or not I'm a gun owner and what, what he or she thinks about that and, and deal with the disapproving looks and tones. How can I find a doctor that, that I'm not going to have to go through that with? Somebody that values the fact that I value the Second Amendment. All right. Well, uh, DRGO uh, about a year ago started working on a project. We call it 2adoc.com. That's the number 2 a doc.com where we uh, are we've been gathering uh, 2a friendly providers and we're starting to match them up with patients uh, so if you go to 2adoc.com you can request to see if we can't match you up these are closed databases they're not searchable by you we will look for the doctor that, that of the specialty that you're looking for and we will send you uh, a list of doctors and uh, and these are people that uh, will respect your Second Amendment rights and your privacy. And and uh, our uh, our director uh, Arthur Fuspinda uh, is the guy that uh, came up with this and is is kind of running that. And I think he's going to be talking to you in the mm-hmm. future about this project as well. So mm-hmm. I, I think everybody should listen up to that. But if you want to get a head start, it's to a doc dot com and uh, sign up. So and if you're a if you're a healthcare provider, yes. you can go to the same place to sign up. Uh, if you're a two-way friendly healthcare provider, and we certainly the more people we get on the provider side, the more success we're going to have at matching uh, people who are looking for providers. Absolutely, and that's two the letter a d o c dot com. And you know, I find it so telling that you don't just have the list of doctors spelled out there, and we know why. It goes right in line with our theme today, right? The civility wars of free thinking. You know that if all the doctors were just out there in a list, 
that people like this David Hogg guy are going to rally their mindless followers and say, you know, let's go after these people and do whatever we can to disrupt their livelihood and throw mud on their name and that sort of thing. And it's so sad where we find ourselves. Absolutely. John, I had to go to a doctor once years ago and they asked, he asked me if I had firearms in the house and I, I didn't think about it at the time and I did, I told him, yeah. And this was a long time ago. And now I, I'm thinking, wow, he took advantage of me. I mean, in a way, and I, I don't know why that has to be asked. I mean, unless I have a psychological problem, unless I've addressed that I'm going to commit suicide to a psychiatrist or to a doctor, what business do they have to know? And what about my knives in my drawer? Mm-hmm. What about my um, uh, exhaust pipe in your my truck. car? Yeah, right. Yeah, your truck. You can, you can kill a lot of people with trucks. In fact, uh, John Lott just wrote a, a paper on vehicle um, you know, uh, mass murders. So, you know, it, it's it's all politics. And remember, now electronic medical records from Obamacare, this stuff is all electronic, so it's searchable. Right. And we were talking... Backdoor gun registration. We were, we were talking to a senator just not too long ago, and he was talking that uh, they're going to the uh, Vets Administration and all this, and they're saying that they're asking people when they go to the, to the VA hospital or to get treatment if they are um, gun owners, and then... If anybody handles their finances or if they feel, if a doctor just feels that something's not right, they take their guns away. It's, yeah, that no, new, it's criminal. That new law that they just come up with, um, uh, that, um, that what is that, Bill Sherrill? That just, Fix nicks. Yes. Mm-hmm. There is a deal in there where they can actually just, you, they can take your guns away and then you have to prove that you're okay. And... It's, it's terrible because the way they take your guns away, too, they just throw them in a bucket and haul them out, you know? <laughs> this is, right. this is yeah, the gun collector talking now. No, I understand. You know, I mean, it's not like you could give them somewhere to some somebody else mm-hmm. to, to mine them for you. There are even companies that do that around the country. Right. You know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll store your firearms for you, but you don't have access to them until the court says okay. Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely. you know, the... You know, the, the, uh, the, these ex parte hearings are a real problem. You know, they, they don't you don't have representation and that's not, you know, due process. Absolutely. And, you know, so too often we just kind of go, yeah, but it's for the greater good. And, you know, I, I haven't really needed this protection for due process in my life. So what is it really? And it's like, oh, my gosh, what world are we leaving to our children and our children's children if we don't invest ourselves in being educated and involved and valuing our constitutional rights. It's just, right. it's crazy to me. It's like, oh, we've got too well, many go rights. Well, they go after Take the Second Amendment. Away. Yeah, they go after the Second Amendment, and the rest of them are gone, too. Amen so, to that. So, you know, the Second Amendment is the linchpin. They pull the, they pull the Second Amendment, then you can forget about First, Fourth, Fifth, Etc. Absolutely. Third, most people aren't going to have to worry about having troops in their house. But <laughs> well, you don't know. But but <laughs> it but happened before, right. so it could happen it again. Did. Hey, yeah, listen, so, I mean, look, we got to run. I, I hate to cut you off, but we've got it. We're out of time, and I just want to say one more time, thank you so much, John Dean, Doctor John Dean, for coming on. And as we go out, please tell folks how they can uh, follow the work of the DRGO and also uh, this two a doc dot com. Um, doctor referral site sure so uh, our website is drgo.us and we've got uh, a blog with 
lots of interesting articles like the one we just talked about. And then the 2adoc.com is a, a separate website for the, the service of matching uh, people who want their rights respected with uh, doctors that will do that. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much. You're probably heading off to the NRA annual meetings, and I won't get to see you there this year, but we'll, we'll catch up at oh, the next one. too bad. I'm getting ready to go do surgery right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then to the NRA. Well, that's, yeah, I, I guess that's more important even than my commercial break, so I better let you go. So <laughs> thank All you. Right. Thank you so much, Dr. John Adine. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We still have Chris Wagner on the other side of these messages. He's an Ops Lens contributor and a U.S. Army veteran. He also is an LE firearms instructor at one of the largest police academies in, in North Florida. He's going to talk with us about a very sad topic. Uh, two of his students uh, were recently murdered. They were officers just sitting in a restaurant, having their dinner break, and someone came along and murdered them just for being officers. So stick around. Important topics. They're heavy, but they're important. Chris Wagner's on the other side of these messages. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. are glad you are with us today. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we love that you spend your time with us. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and we do not take that lightly. And if you've missed any portion of today's show, you can find us at gunfreedomradio.com. 
Com. Click the On Demand tab and you can binge listen to your heart's content. All 107 of our other uh, shows, we record them, save them as podcasts. They are all stored there for you. There's also a guest tab. So if you want to see you know, a, a photograph, put a face with a voice of all the guests we've ever had on, uh, read their bio, there's clickable links to articles they've written or um, interviews that they've done elsewhere. It's a, uh, it's a really interesting site for um, just gathering information and, and we'd love for you to spend some time there and also keep the conversation going, right? We know what we're thinking. We'd love to hear what you think. So go to our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our uh, Twitter page. It's all under Gun Freedom Radio. And, uh, you know, we want to hear from you. We value any logical, respectful, kind question or commentary. Um, we don't uh, suffer trolls well. So, um, you know, if that's your bent, uh, keep walking. <laughs> but if you want to, we'd love to debate, but just keep it uh, in the brainy uh, section. Let's not go for, uh, you know, some of this crazy emotional stuff that you see people do out there on the interwebs. Well, our next guest, Chris Wagner, uh, our phone gremlins are just having a heyday today. So we're having a little trouble connecting with him. But we have our studio, what do we call you, our studio executive? I, I'm studio director studio or producer. Director. Producer. It's the same thing. Ed Vanderlee. He is, you do not want this man's job, especially when I'm in the studio. <laughs> he He's flashing signs at me like, okay, you had two minutes nine minutes ago. You're way over, lady. Let's wrap this sucker up. Why would he have to do that? I don't know. Him? Talk again so I can interrupt you again. I, uh, <laughs> you yeah. answered that fast on purpose. <laughs> anyway, Ed Vanderley, he is not only the guy who tries to keep tries to keep me on uh, time. He is making the phone calls. He is lining up the the ads that go in between. He has so many jobs on the other side of the desk from us. But besides that, mm -hmm. you are an entertainer. I am. Tell us about that, and it has to do with firearms. Uh, yes. Uh, I own the Arizona Rough Riders. That's uh, Arizona's uh, favorite full-time professional stunt acting team. That is beyond cool. Yeah. So we started off uh, our full-time gig, and th I did this full-time for over 10 years. I was a stuntman oh. at a little theme park here in Arizona called Rawhide. Yes. And uh, they're not open full-time anymore, so our... Our definition of what we do now has changed a bit, but uh, basically what we do is we do cowboy stunt shows, oh, wow. and we use single-action Colt 45 pistols, and they're real guns. So these are not stage props? No, they are not. They like are you could walk into AZ Firearms right now, mm -hmm. and one of those firearms would be your um, tool that you mm -hmm. entertain with. We actually use the Uberti version of the Colt 45. Okay. And it's, uh, it, it is a very real gun. Uh, I've used Schofields. I've used different types of weapons before. Dan's been trying to get that Gatling gun in my show for about two years now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which one? I think we have two. <laughs> couple, yes. yeah. Whichever yeah. one, right? And, and someday we are going to get that done. Uh, but it's interesting because since we're an entertainment venue and uh, we, we do this just for 
you know, not for fun, but I mean, we get paid to do it, and it's a very dangerous job. Mm-hmm. But uh, before every show, we have a pre-recorded thing that comes on that announces the show and announces the lead guy, which is Marshall, and he'll come out and he starts the show. It tells everybody in the audience the guns we're using are real. But and they can burn severely at close range because we use a black powder charge. Basically, we take the cartridge of a forty-five, we fill it full of uh, Pyrodex P gunpowder, and then stuff it with styrofoam. Okay. And we do about a anywhere between a third or a quarter uh, full of the cartridge to get the noise sounding like a, a like a gunshot, and it's it's still very dangerous. But if I wanted to, I you know if I clean the gun really well, I could put a real mm-hmm. uh, bullet in it, and it would fire because it's an actual gun. So we do our gun safety is first and foremost priority. We had an incident down in Tombstone a couple of years ago where one of the reenactors who do similar things actually shot one of his other actors. Oh. And, with uh, a live round? Or with, a, a... with a live round. Oh. Uh, he, he was a, he's also a single-action shooter, so he was at a SAS event, Went straight from SAS event to his reenactment, right? And they didn't check his gun. Oh wow! And he shot the other actor, and he didn't kill him. Yeah. But he shot him with a forty-five. So I mean, he did some damage, and the guy yeah. was in critical condition for a long time. And uh, the the thing that I noticed that when something happens in the world, where uh, like the Parkland shooting, or or something happens with a firearm in the world, we get funny looks with my Rough Riders. Right. Uh, We did an event, oh, it was probably about a week after the Parkland shooting. Mm -hmm. And it was a a private event, and we were part of the entertainment. We weren't the only entertainment. And uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Loop Rollins. Have you ever heard of him? I don't think so. He's a a performer. He does, uh, he's been on America's Got Talent. He was with Cirque du Soleil. And he's, uh, you know, he does lasso tricks and he does gun tr- spinning tricks and all that stuff. Like Joey Dillon. Yeah. And they're, they're good friends, too. And I'm friends with Joey. He's a great guy. It's Loop something? Loop Rollins. Oh, I'd look him up. And uh, we were doing the pre-show entertainment for his show. And I fired off a couple of shots. And this lady comes over and says, uh, we don't want any gunfire uh, after what just happened. You need to put your guns away. Do and you I not said, know the routine? And like, I said, well, with all due respect, ma'am, you're in Old West Town, yes. and this is what we do. Yes. And uh, I, I'm, we're happy to do that if the leader of your group tells us, hey, we don't want you doing that. But yeah. they hired us to do this. Right. Besides the main show, you realize he's doing gun spinning tricks, right? So <laughs> There uh, are it, guns involved in this show. Yes. What, what were you uh, thinking you were going to see? We have done many events. Uh, we've been in... Uh, some of John McCain's campaign commercials mm. we've been hired to do uh, stuff for this. We've been in, I've been in the last three Super Bowls as far as in, in ads and so forth. Oh, wow. uh, all kinds of travel stuff. You're kind of a big deal. And, well, no, nah, not really. But we've accomplished a lot. And it's funny how whenever I deal with, uh, I want to put air quotes up so your listeners know, deal with Hollywood. Mm. It's it's very very different because they will say, oh well, you can't have those. Those are real guns. Mm. You need to get prop guns. Well, no, these are what we use. If you don't want us to use these, then we hire somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, there is nobody else. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, also, uh, that we use real firearms, it's very hard to get insurance. Right. Yeah. Oh, man, do we know that yeah. routine? Very hard to get insurance. Even the state where they say they have to give it to you mm-hmm. will not give it to us. Mm-hmm. So I have to hire all my performers as independent contractors. Mm-hmm. And I can get liability insurance, mm-hmm. but I can't get health insurance or workman's comp insurance for my crew because the state will not allow it. Not just because of the stunts, but because of the firearms. So, well, how do how do police officers have this? Yeah, it's workman's a, a, comp in Arizona and guns don't mix. It's a, it's it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Uh, I was walking around Old Town Scottsdale right down the street here about three years ago. We were hired to deliver arrest warrant slash telegrams awards where we would go around from it was a real estate company and they have all these offices around town Mm -hmm. we would go in and hand them an award and they would take pictures and you know kind of like seeing telegrams but we do a we do a skit fun so i'm walking around old town scottsdale Mm -hmm. dressed up as marshall hannibal and i've got my six gun strapped to my side nothing illegal open carry it's in a holster yeah no live rounds anywhere on my person. Yeah. I All was, of that completely legal in the state of Arizona. I had the cops called on me seven times Whoa. in one hour. Whoa. In, and I was dressed like a cowboy. Right. Right. So what's funny is that, you know, I not only do I produce your show, I'm a fan of your show. And I, you. I get to hear all of these things coming across of different points of view and uh, the defending of the Second Amendment and so forth. And, you know, I was never an advocate. I, I supported the Second Amendment. Sure. Uh, I, I, I don't talk about my political views. I'm, I'm more of a, I lean towards the conservative side of things. But I've always, you know, I've never had a problem with people having weapons of any kind. Right. But since I started, when I became owner of the Arizona Rough Riders, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I didn't have bullets in it. You know, in my car, I've got a nine millimeter with a, <laughs> under the holster, <laughs> under the no, dash holster right? that you should be um, worried about. This thing, you know, just check if I tried to fire a real bullet through it right now, it would blow up in my hands yeah. because it's had blanks in it for so long. Right. But you guys do this thing where you advocate mm-hmm. for common sense. Thank you. And Not the air quote common sense. I didn't air the quote other that. Side. I didn't the air quote real that. real kind of, yeah. And, and it, it, it boggles the mind sometimes where I can do a show. Uh, I, I can't pronounce the name of it. It's ribo something, but it's, it's eye cancer. Mm. And we did a show for kids. All of them had eye cancer. There was about 40 of them. Oh, bless their hearts. And their parents were there. And we did a gunfight. And they loved it. Uh-huh. You know, we don't go out there and, you know... Do yeah, it's a violent show, mm-hmm. but it's fun. It's a funny show. We do it mm-hmm. with humor, mm-hmm. and we do it with respect, mm-hmm. and we do a little speech to the kids. What do you do if you find a gun? You oh. don't touch it, and you run away. Awesome. You know, you, you tell an adult that you trust, and we give these speeches. And I've done field trips, and the kids are the ones who understand it. Yeah, the kids totally get it. Right. It's the adults. We get all twisted up in yeah. politics. The, yeah. par- the parents think they, they can t- keep the kids away from guns by just denial. Yeah, let's see how that works because, you know, the war on drugs right. has been so successful. Well, and how, come, how come when you walk around Scottsdale with a gun, you, don't, you, you get asked, when I, pull around, when I pull my 105 howitzer with my <laughs> truck, it's always empty. I never, I never pull it loaded. 
But I have oh. never been pulled over yet to oh check that gun. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. It's a, it's just it, there's a double standard, and we are in a very relaxed state as far mm-hmm. as gun laws. Mm-hmm. And I just came back from probably one of the most restrictive. I was in Chicago over the weekend, mm-hmm. and a friend of mine, mm-hmm. very close friend of mine, actually works for your competition out there. Nice. And he he runs the gun department for this whole big store. Oh wow. And he goes, you can't believe what I have to go through just to sell somebody a firearm. Yeah. In the state of Illinois. Yeah. So. And and where is the crime rate lower? Um, mm-hmm. Spoiler alert: Arizona. So I, I don't know. It's we live in a crazy world, and and I hate that you know you kind of were on the bad side of that gun shaming that you're trying to just you know deliver you know, singograms or whatever you were, you were calling them yeah. and dress like a cowboy. And seven times the police are called on you and kids nowadays, they're, they're posting up pictures on Instagram that, Hey, I went to the range with my dad mm-hmm. and I was got some safety training and here's my trainer. And these kids are getting hauled into the principal's office. And I think that it's a concerted effort to, to embarrass them, to shame them and to make them feel like, well, I'm not going through that again. I'm not mm-hmm. telling anybody that I, and so it's going to become this, this um, culture of silence yeah. and secrecy, and that's never a good thing. But yeah, we've but we had that before. When I was a kid, we had that where you didn't talk about guns, mm-hmm. and it kind of backfired on because when you start taking things away from people, people start speaking up. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. All right. Well, we've got to run to break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the responsibly armed citizen report, and also Dan's commentary and real fast again ed tell us the name of your group it's the arizona rough riders very very cool check them out all right stick around And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you.
welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And sometimes I interrupt Dan when he's talking. No, I'm not going to talk. I'm going to just what? <laughs> you want to try again? Ed, can I borrow the Wait, control what are you panel? saying? Can I, just <laughs> can I borrow your board for a second here? my goodness we are brought to you by azfirearms.com the biggest little gun shop in arizona that's 33 years of being married folks <laughs> that's true that's, is what that is we did just celebrate our 33rd anniversary yeah it's uh it's been fun because we work together too so we say we should get double years 66 years now yeah <laughs> he's like 66 long he did years. he just rolled his eyes he just did. you know <laughs> I think it was audible. I think people could hear when his eyes rolled in his in his head. But no, it is fun that we get to um, work together, and and uh, he puts up with me interrupting him. And no, she, it's all good. I, we're it's all in joke. But uh, today she is kind of a little interruptive. <laughs> too much. Just just a tad bit. Too much coffee. Too yeah. much coffee. All right. I am excited at this time of the show always because we do get to talk about all the times that people have um, used firearms in order to protect their lives. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. As we were talking about in one of our other segments with Dr. John Adeen, there's a study out there that has been confirmed by the CDC uh, that responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times every year for self-defense and 200,000 times a year a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed somehow we never hear these stories on the network news so we are proud to bring them to you here on gun freedom radio so i want you to just take a deep breath for a minute and there it is imagine for a moment that you are walking down the street, visiting a neighborhood store. It's 3.30 in the afternoon on a sunny day. The birds are chirping. The breeze is rustling in your hair. It is just a perfect spring day. You might be whistling or humming a little tune as you go about your errands. There is nothing in this beautiful scene to warn us that Danger is about to strike. This is exactly what happened to one young woman in Raleigh, North Carolina. Danger was more than twice her size and more than twice her strength. Danger physically attacked her and attempted to rob her in broad daylight on a sunny spring day. When danger is this bold, he will not be stopped. But this woman, this woman acted as her own immediate responder. And in the rush of the attack, she was able to stop him. And she was able to save her own life because she was a responsibly armed citizen. April 27, 2018, 11.39 a.m., Raleigh, North Carolina. Police say a 23-year-old woman shot and injured a man in downtown Raleigh on Thursday afternoon after he tried to rob her. Jonathan Tyrone Peace, 28, was shot in the chest around 3.30 p.m. Thursday on South Blount Street. 
He was taken to Wake Med Hospital for treatment and has been charged with robbery, Raleigh police said Friday morning. The woman, Morgan Matthews, was walking on South Blount Street near Wolf when the attempted robbery occurred, according to police. Matthews fired her weapon to stop him from attacking her and stayed on the scene until police arrived. The department said in a news release, a 911 caller told police he saw a young woman attacked by a man before she shot him in the chest Thursday afternoon. The caller said Morgan dropped the gun after her attacker fell to the sidewalk. The caller said he sent the woman into a store and someone from the store picked up the gun. Police said Peace's injury was not life-threatening. As of Friday morning, he had not been taken to the Wake County Jail. The woman who has been described as petite obtained a gun permit last year. She reportedly had just purchased a firearm last week. Um, that's, that's an amazing story, but it concerns me. I, I saw that she dropped her gun mm-hmm. after the attack, and mm-hmm. I understand that. But that's that's a weakness in training because mm-hmm. uh, how do you know there's only one person? And mm-hmm. how do you know that this person isn't going? How many times do we see people get up? after they've been mm-hmm. shot mm-hmm. so you know I, I remember a horror story when i was a kid there was a hardware store by our house and this big man came in to the store and robbed the guy and the guy behind the counter shot him six times in the chest with oh. a 25 automatic oh and the man that was robbing was one shot mm-hmm. six times and he strangled the man that shot him to death oh, so you know you need to be aware of your surroundings a lot of times there's more than one person involved. Mm-hmm. So be careful of that. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy that she was able to uh, survive that. Absolutely. But I think that's a good point, point well taken, that you know we do need the training. She had her situational awareness, clearly. Um, she had her firearm. She knew when it was time to, to pull it and to pull the trigger. Um, but, uh, yeah, so kind of that after, what, what yeah, now what kind now? of training I think is also important. Well, and what now is it's time for Dan's commentary. Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Thanks, Rocky. And this is just a short story, basically. Uh, I heard on the news a couple days ago on Fox News, an attorney, Lawrence Strauss, A district attorney candidate said cop killers shouldn't get the death penalty because it's part of the risk police officers officers take. He noted he was that he trained cops to act with caution on duty while he said this while he was a prosecutor in Hawaii said people who killed single officers shouldn't be death penalty eligible. Um, what? People who kill police officers single kill so it's one officer yeah maybe a group's different but if you just shoot one you shouldn't be death penalty eligible and i you know i think where where are we voting into office what kind of people are we voting into office that we don't have enough respect for police officers to to let the public know if you if you danger a police officer you're going to get in trouble so it's it's not even about you know the the what the perpetrator was trying to do or the intent it was it's nothing about that the hinge for this guy is it's part of the risk for the police officer oh my gosh can you imagine that see i haven't read that did he say that he said that he said that, that he said he said cop killers shouldn't get the death penalty 
because it's part of the risk police officers take. Now, doesn't that sound like open season on anybody wearing a uniform and a badge? What it sounds like is somebody who just doesn't care for law, respect law enforcement. You cannot, as James and I was, you cannot respect law enforcement if if you believe that. I'm just really unhappy with that, and it's kind of got me messed up today when I read that, that we're going to put somebody in office, we're going to maybe put somebody in office that has the feeling that has no respect for law enforcement. I, Do you think the law... I got you know, nothing. I'm you a, finally shut me up. I'm actually without words. No. Uh, you know, you're, As you're, I'm interrupting him without right. words. A police officer... <laughs> You know, on duty, do you think they say, you know what, today is the day I'm going to get shot? I mean, yeah. they don't, it's, it's not part of their duties to, to get shot. That is not part of their lineup for the day. And uh, when, we sh- when we do things like this, we show no respect. And this guy is going for district attorney. You know what? So he would be in charge of prosecuting these cases. Right. And he's going to go soft and go easy and turn a blind eye and... Uh, just play that movie forward. Where where's that town gonna be in? Well, let's look at five go- years. Where, where's California really going right now? Anyway, it's sad to say there's some beautiful parts of California, some beautiful people in California, mm. but they're just they're just out of there. So true. Well, out of there, we are out of time. So we need to. Let me interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't uh, you know. Oh, that could be an interesting oh. game. We're never going to get <laughs> anywhere with the show. I like it better when I interrupt you. I, I like it better, too. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody who let me interrupt them today, including Dan, including Ed. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Ed, for all you do. I, we, we could not have this show without you. And to our our listeners, I mean, we would just be having a conversation with each other in this room, which is fun. But it's a whole different deal when we know that you, y'all are listening. Your time is your most valuable resource, and we, we respect that, and we really appreciate. We do not take that lightly, and that we know that you're taking these topics that, that we discuss here to your dinner tables, to your carpool, that the conversations are living beyond the walls of this studio, and yes, we really we wanna, value that. I'm going to interrupt you because we want to hear from you, from everyone Please send us emails. Uh, let us know what you think yeah. at gunfreedomradio.com. No, it's talk at, talk at gunfreedomradio.com. And uh, I want to thank our guests. Uh, please do keep the conversation going. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, Dan. Uh. <laughs> Even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week, and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. 
The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey gang, this is Masad Ayub from the Pro Arms Podcast. I'm here to remind you that our podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And I'm going to suggest you do what we do and check out the other podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net.